I'm your host, Jeffrey Perham. Today, we got Stephen. Stephen, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Stephen Thomas Ford. Uh, I'm a writer, director, producer from Ireland, Dublin. Um, and it's great to be on today to have a chat with you. Um, so I started off writing about probably more than 10 years ago now. Um, and I'm still writing like a lot of writers um, without any success. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've been, uh, I only took a, started taking a stab at directing last year. Um, last November, I directed my first short film and I, I direct once in college and I swore I would never direct ever again because I just, was the worst experience in my life. And I, you know, have suffered with anxiety my whole life. So the thoughts of being like a leadership position on a set has always been something that I'm like, no, I'm a writer. I want to go into my little room in the darkness with my laptop and I don't want to boss people around, you know, that way. Yeah. And uh, I, I did it last November. I, I did my first short film and I just, for the first time in my whole life, I felt like this was where I was supposed to be. You know, that way, like, I felt like this, just this weird feeling of, of like, this is it. You know, like, I was always here. And it, which is so strange, you know, very strange. Um, because I'd had people my whole life telling me and my family, like, you know, why don't you make a film? I'm like, oh, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm just a, a writer. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a script writer. I'm not a filmmaker. And then it's like, you know, you're standing there and you're like, Jesus, everyone was right and I was wrong. Like, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I did that. And then I just kind of got this, I get obsessive about things. And so I became obsessive about that. And then since then, I've done like about, oh, I don't know, like I've probably done about seven or eight film, short films now at this stage since November. Um, yeah, so I just love it. Like, you know, um, I love it. Uh, people, I, I, I have people, I've worked with people on set that have said to me, like, you know, uh, what have you done? Like, and I'll say, oh, I've done about like, you know, eight short films. And be like, whoa, like, you, that's a lot of short films. Like, you know, as if to kind of say, like, where's the feature? Like, you know, because a lot of people just make like maybe two short films and they go straight into the feature. And I'm just like, I, I just love doing shorts. Like short films are just, they're so underrated and they're so simple. And I just love this thing of taking, like, not a whole story, but just taking one moment or one situation from the story and creating this beautiful piece that's like four minutes long or five minutes long, you know. And I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm happy doing that, you know. For the first, it, I'm, I'm, ter- I'm nearly thirty-four years of age now. It took me what twenty years to realize that, um, it's not all, you know. You don't have to live your whole life trying to break into Hollywood. Like you can just be happy making just films in your small hometown, uh, and so, I think when you look at it like that, and you. You look at it from a perspective where it's like I'm making this film because I love it, not as a springboard to get somewhere else, not as something that someone will see and be like, I want you to do this big budget film for me. You just do it because you want to do it and because this is something you want to, a story you want to tell and you want to just make this film. And when you do that, I realized after 20 years that it, you know, when you do that, that's when you start enjoying it, and that's when you start realizing that's filmmaking, you know. And um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm babbling on. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like a good way to 
I mean, we started when you find the love and the passion and just doing it because you naturally have enjoyment out of it. Uh, things are coming, I guess, coming more towards your direction for us, other films and, and doing, not meeting other people that's working in the industry. Yeah, because like, I mean, there's, it's, it's hard to have um, passion when you're a writer because anyone that's, you know, a writer knows that unless you're extremely lucky, you're gonna be writing for a long time. And you smack into that door so many times um, that you just, like, so many times over the years, I've lost count of the amount of times as a writer that I've given up and I'm just like, here, this is not for me. Like, I'm not meant to do this, you know. Um, but every time in my life, uh, you know, through the countless jobs that I've had that I've done horribly, uh, it always, I always come back to my writing, you know. It, I always somehow end up back there at my laptop typing away, uh, and I think that's when you know that something is meant for you. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to be hugely successful, but it means, I think, that, you know, that's that's your thing, you know. So I think writing is my thing and always will be my thing. And when it's when it's always there to all, you know, your dark times and your good times, I think that's when you know uh, it's for you. Because it's not for everyone because, you know, I remember when I left college first, I thought, like, this is great. I know how to write a script now. I'm going to go off and write it. And I'm going to do, like, you know, drop it under some big producer's door and it'll be brilliant and I'll be famous in, in, in a year, like, you know. And it's this, like, naivety that you have when you leave college as a, as a writer or a filmmaker that you don't realise um, what the process is actually like and how hard it actually is and how many people... You know, I know writers that are great writers and they're in like their 40s and 50s and you're reading their stuff and you're like, how have you not been discovered yet? And they haven't. And, and it's just the realization, it's that, that's the realization that as part of being a writer is that like you may never be discovered and you may be a great writer, but you just might not ever be found out, you know? And so like, I think when I when I made my first short film, I was kind of at the stage in my life, um, I was 32 then or 33 and I was like, I'm kind of sick of waiting around for someone to make my film. And the good thing about like directing your own short films is you can write whatever you want, really. You don't even have to abide by structure or anything because you're not trying to sell it to someone. You're just doing it for yourself, for fun. Uh, you can do whatever you want and you have complete control over that. You don't have to wait for someone to come along and say, I will make this film for you or I will fund this film. You just get a lot of people and you fund it on a shoestring budget and just make it yourself. And that and that's the that's what I found is the best part of being uh, a filmmaker now. It's weird to say that I'm a filmmaker, but that's the best part I think now is that like I'm a writer first and I'm always a writer first. And I think it's great now because everything I write, I'm just like, okay, I can make this now. Where which is something that I never had before. Because I was like, okay, I wrote this great script. What do I do with it? And now I'm like, oh well I'll just get the money and I'll try and make it. You know, which is, it's great, like, you know. Now, I have a question. Uh, so what inspired you to get into filmmaking? I mean, is it, well, I know what you kind of told us, you just kind of forced into it, and then you got an opportunity to fall in love with it, but, but kind of being creative and decide to get into, like, storytelling and writing screenplays, um, was it a certain inspiration or just something just naturally came to you? Um, I had this, it, when, I was, when I went to college, when I left school, uh, in my exams that I did in school before I left school, um, I didn't do good because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school. Uh, and a lot of people in my class knew what they wanted to do and they knew what they were going to do. And the only thing I knew from school, the only thing I ever took from school was that I liked English. And that was it. And I was like, where do I go from there? Like, you know, what do I do with this? 
And I was like, okay, maybe I could learn how to write a book. Like, that would be cool. You know, I loved books. I was like, yeah, let's write a book. Like, you know, so um, I did a course that was like one year and it was creative writing. And it just, it wasn't what I thought it was because it was all like, it was English literature. And I found a lot of it to be really kind of like boring. And I was like, this, this isn't working out for me. Like, you know, this is not the way I thought English would be. <laughs> and uh, I, we had, a, we had um, one of the like subjects that we had in the course um was script writing and we had this guy that had worked for like bbc in england and he'd done loads of stuff in ireland and uh he had come for like three months to talk to us to teach us script writing and uh i just I, I for the first couple of weeks i made no effort at all because i just felt like i was already kind of leaving the college like i was gonna drop out and uh after like i think uh, I kind of hadn't seen eye to eye to him because I wasn't doing the work. And he was kind of like, you know, if you're not doing the work, what's the point of you being here? And one day I just did it just so he would get off my back. And uh, he said, this is really good. He said, you might actually have a natural talent for this. And something just clicked in my head like, oh, my God, no one's ever told me before that I was actually good at something. You know, like no one's ever said to me you have a talent for something like, you know, like, okay, your mom and dad always say, oh, you're great at this and you're great at that, but it's not the same. It's not the same as like someone who is a professional and they know what they're doing and they're working for years at this particular subject saying to you, you have like, you could do this. And I was like, okay, maybe I might actually try this. And so I tried then for the whole year, I put the effort in and um, I just ended up loving it. Um, and we covered everything from like plays to TV to film and I just I just loved it you know and then uh, it was kind of the realization then hit me then once I left college after the year it was like where do I go now what do I do there's no course that I can do that can just all of a sudden springboard me into writing a play or or a film like you know so then over the years then I basically just had to you know I bought a huge uh huge bible um David Trottier's screen boyable and that's i still have that today and i still look at it from time to time and that i spent like years just going over that back and forth learning how to write uh you know write properly like features and drafts and spec scripts and all of this kind of stuff and just writing at home and entering competitions and, and everything you know and then uh, i had times where i was like listen I'm, I'm just giving up on this you know and uh it was around like about four or five years ago that I hadn't been writing for a long while. And I was like, do you know what? There's nothing in Ireland that, um, there's no group in Ireland that like, there's no group for anyone in Ireland for screenwriting. There's loads of writing groups, but there's nothing particularly for film or TV, like that people can get together and just like have this shared interest for scripts and share the scripts and, and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll set up this, this group. So I set up this group called Dublin Screenwriters because I'm from Dublin. Um, and this was when I was at like the height of my anxiety. So I could barely step outside the door. And here I am sitting at this big table in a coffee shop with 20 other people. And I'm like, how did I get here? Like, you know, and uh, we're, we're still going like you know we're going strong now five years later the group and we've had guests on from all over the world like um we had uh, the biggest guest we've ever had probably and i still don't know how we ever got him is uh christopher lockhart and he's a huge guy in in hollywood he works for wme like he's a huge story editor that's worked with like you know some of the biggest actors out there denzel washington like everyone you can think of and we we, we got him last year last october to do like a zoom q a for like two hours and i just couldn't believe it like the wealth of knowledge that he had was just like it was the 
pivotal moment in the group's like creation. I was like, hey, this is amazing, like, you know. And um, we have we he's actually going to come back and do another Q and A with us over Zoom, which is amazing. But um, it's just like from there on, I just kind of had the group for a few years, and and through the group, then because we were meeting every week and we were talking about writing and we were sharing scripts, that kind of then piqued my interest into writing again. Then so I just started writing, and we would be writing like short films or you know scenes, and just bringing them in, just sharing them with each other, and giving honest and not too harsh opinions of of the scripts and stuff. And and we just did that for a couple of years, um, and then when COVID happened, we kind of moved online then because. The place that we had was kind of gone, so everything kind of shifted, and everyone's schedules shifted. And um, the only good thing was because of COVID, uh, we got a lot of people online that we never would have been able to get in person, you know, from different countries and stuff. And so I just kind of did that for a long time, and uh, I got into shorts. Then somehow writing short films, um, I did this competition. It was like a New York competition where you had like two days to they kind of give you these little details like mine was um like you know a pawn shop a creepy mask and a horror film for a genre and then you kind of have like two days to write like a 10 page short and you then like send it into them and it gets you to the next round and I remember thinking at the time like it was quite expensive like it was like 50 euro I think which is a lot for me because I had no money I still have no money but it was it was a lot like and I was like I don't know about this, but I did it, and I just kind of, I'd never written horror my whole life, like, I, I don't like horror, uh, to watch horror, like, I like the horror that's like a thriller that's not really scary, I'm the, I'm the cowardly horror viewer, like, I won't watch a proper horror, I watch the <laughs> horrors that are more like thrillers, like, that's, that's the type of person that I am, and uh, I remember, like, what am I going to do, like, how am I going to do this, I've never written horror in my life, and uh, I just spent the whole entire night, just absolutely out of my brain on coffee, listening to some of the scariest songs I'd ever heard in my life, and just in the in complete darkness, just writing this thing, and like came away with it, and it was behind the mask, which is a short that I made last year, which was my short, first short film that I ever made, and um, it didn't even make it through to the next round of that competition. It did, like it didn't even get through, but in the in the you know they kind of had the competition had this form that you put it in, and everyone would kind of give opinions and. I got a lot of good feedback and I was like, okay, well, maybe this is like, you know, maybe this is actually okay. Like, so uh, I sent it around to a few people and I knew this, I knew a few like independent directors and stuff and I just sent it around to them. And and one of them was this girl, Zoe Kavanagh, who'd done this feature film completely by herself and her own budget and everything. And um, she'd said, I could make this, like, I really like the script, I could make this film if you want a really, a really small budget. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing, like, you know. And then, of course, like, we were kind of like okay well, we need money first and i was like okay well where am i gonna get money from so we had to kind of for like two years try and get the money together then covid happened at the worst possible time and so nobody had any money and everyone's schedules changed and so once covid had finally kind of come to an end and um, she was kind of like now i'm busy with my my sequel which she's doing now and i think she's still in part of it in america actually and um she was like i can't i can't do it now and i was like shit what do we do you know um, and this was like the end of last summer and she said why don't you just make it yourself and i was like oh, i'm not a filmmaker i didn't go to college to study any of that like i don't know anything she was like but being on a set like making the film is the best experience you're ever going to get I was like okay then I was like but I mean I don't need to go to college she's like you're going to learn everything from being on set and making it she was like just if you're going to do it she said just surround yourself with a crew of people who are all 
pretty experienced in their field and they will guide you through it. And I was kind of like, for some reason, it had kind of been in the back of my mind leading up to that. And I was like, it was kind of in the back of my head thinking, you know, if I'm writing all these scripts, what am I going to do with them? Like, you know, am I going to wait for someone to come along or am I going to start making them? And then when she said it to me, something clicked and I was like, okay, maybe this is supposed to happen. Maybe I'll do it. And so um, I just, I, I found a, a cinematographer that was really experienced and he basically kind of guided me through the whole thing. And, you know, I knew nothing about making films like, you know, he was like, I was. He was like, who do you have? I was like, I have you and me, and that's it. He was like, okay, you're going to need a sound guy. You're going to need someone for lighting. I'm going to need a first assistant camera. Uh, you're going to need someone for music. You're going to need someone for editing. I was like, hold on a second. This is this is too much for me. Like you know, I go uh, really fast. I go man, like wow, you know, it's completed. Well, exactly. Yeah. The guys, the audience, let them see some snippets of your of your films, some of your short films, and everything. And so I could kind of see some of your awesome work and then we'll come right back after this. Hey, John, it's Vicky.
Welcome back, everybody. Hope you like the stimulus. It was really awesome. So, Stephen, so what's the story behind what inspired you to, to make the one scene for the horror movie? Um, yeah, so, I mean, the behind the mask, like, I just, you know, I had the script just sitting there and I was like, no one, nothing is going to, no one's going to make it, like, you know, so I was like, let's just do it myself. So, like I was saying, I just got the, you know, I, I got it together and then, um, like, from, from the very start, before we even started filming, there was problems because I had ordered this mask and it was completely, it was supposed to be like this kind of ancient Japanese mask that you can get. I think it's called an Ono mask and they basically have different kind of um, facial features depending on the different type that they are. And this is the image that I had of the mask I wanted to be in the film. And then I couldn't get it because they were like 300 euro. And I was like, I can't, I can't even afford that. Like the budget is basically non-existent for the film. Never going to get that. So I found this mask. Um, I can't remember what website I got it off, but I found this mask online. And this was like two weeks before the film. And I was like, if this mask isn't going, there's no film. There's no film, but there's no behind the mask without the mask. And so uh, I just kind of ordered it from this website. And it was kind of like this, you know, hard uh, placed mask with horns on it and stuff. And um, I was like, this looks creepy as hell. Let's get it. I got it. And literally the week of shooting, I think it was like the Monday before, or it could have been the end of the week before the week we were shooting. It was literally less than two weeks anyway before we were shooting that I finally got it. And um, it just came and it just like flopped in my hands. It was like this like really shitty plastic Halloween mask. And I was like, oh my God, the film is destroyed. Like I was like, this is ruined. <laughs> like it's all over. And uh, Yeah, I was like, this is not, I, I sent a picture to the cinematographer and he was like, oh, that's not good. And I was like, shit, I thought he was going to say something that would be really helpful. He was like, that's not good. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so um, I kind of I, I kind of panicked for about two days and I was like, the film's finished. And I was like really upset. And then I was like, okay, well, I started posting onto loads of groups and social media, loads of kind of horror groups and stuff that I, that I was in that I seen people would post things like that in. And uh, I kind of posted the, the mask and I was like, I'm really, you know, effed for this, like someone help me. And this guy from America, this guy, Eric, um, who who had has experience with doing all that, uh, just sent me a message. He was like, I'll, I'll help you out. Like, don't worry, I'll give you a hand. And basically then from that day up until like a couple of days before filming, guided me through every single night because uh, he was in America. So the time difference was was different. So I'd have to stay up late every night just to get a message off and explain and how to do it. Like, you know, and then I'd have to do it and send the picture to him and he'd be like, yeah, that's good, or no, put more of this on it, more glue, more plastic, and I'd be like, oh, shit, and so we did it, and eventually then it ended up turning out uh, really well, and it ended up looking, like, it still wasn't a great mask, but, like, when you actually see the photos and you see the film, it looks almost as good or better than the mask that I was supposed to get, <laughs> so if it wasn't for him, he, he saved saved the whole film, Um, but it, it was weird because it was this crazy experience of, like, all of a sudden, I realized, like, when you are put in that position, how creative you can actually be with, like, design and stuff and, and doing stuff like that. And I was like, okay, maybe I have a, a create a this hidden creative talent for, like, you know, not just scripts, but actually, like, you know, design and things or something. But, uh, yeah, it was a weird experience, like... Um, but I just, like, I kind of... When I... The idea for it was basically just... I was kind of, like... You know what? When I was writing it all through the way of writing, it, I was like, "What would scare the shit out of me?" 
And I was like, okay, well, this creepy master and the burger would definitely scare the shit out of me. So that's, you know, how it ended up. And like originally it was supposed to be in a pawn shop because it was more kind of tailored to American American audiences when I wrote it at first because everything that I've grown up on has always been American. So everything I wrote back then was always American. Like dialogue was American. It was always meant for Americans, you know? And then um, it was supposed to be in a pawn shop. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have a thousand euro to rent a pawn shop for a day. So that's not happening. So uh, I had rented an office at the time just for somewhere to kind of go and just have space to write and stuff. And I was there late one night and I was like, holy shit. Like I was looking outside my office and I was like, we can, we're going to film it here. This is creepy as hell. Like So we filmed it there. And uh, it was by no means easy. It, it was my first ever film that I'd ever shot. And also the, the first film set that I'd ever been on was the first film that I'd ever shot because I'd never been in the film set in my life. So that was the first time I'd ever been on a set and it was my own film for the first time, which probably was a mistake maybe. <laughs> but it worked okay in the end. But I mean, it was just like, first film mistakes where like my vision was perfect for what I wanted but it just like there was loads of things like we didn't have a first AD to keep track of time so we went over by like hours boat nights we were there till like 2am the first night maybe like 4am the second night and I was like these people aren't even being paid for this like this is <laughs> this is crazy like you know so uh, yeah like, I mean yeah, every film that I've done so far even the last one that I just finished the weekend you learn something from every single one you've done like you know okay. so you kind of get better in time and the more that you do it the better yeah uh, uh, I, I don't know because like I'm also a huge huge um i have huge imposter syndrome like i don't think i'll ever be like oh, i am good at this like i really i'm a really i'm really bad with imposter syndrome like i think that i'm such a phony like that i shouldn't be, i shouldn't be doing this like you know um i don't have it writing but for some reason i have it because when i make a film and we're doing it i usually have like there's been maybe two films that i've done where i'm like this doesn't feel good and they didn't turn out good and there's other films where i'm like this is good and they still didn't turn out good and then there's maybe one or two films there where I'm like, this is really good. And they are really good. But I, I'm still like, you know, I see it and I'm like, you know, you realize when you start making films that like the director probably has the least to do out of everyone because it's, it's really a team effort kind of thing that like you're really just there to direct the actors and to for them to kind of act out your vision. And other than that, without without that, it was just you and the actors, you've got no sound, you've got no cameraman, you've got no lights, you've got no, you know, editor, no music. And you realize when you see a finished product after being fully edited and everything's been put into it, how important every single member of the team is. Like, you know, how, like if you, you know, I remember my short film Forever, uh, that's won a good few awards now from like all over the world. When I watched that at first, when I first watched it when it was finished being edited, but there was no music in it, I was like, something is missing here. Like, this is not right. Then the music went in. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I love it. You know, so it's like, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's it's really like every single film is really, like, it's not just director. Like, you know, and I feel like I never pat myself in the back and say, you did good on this. I'm like, no, it was, it was all of us. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm really like suffer with imposter syndrome. Like, I feel like, no, I'm not good at this, you know. <laughs> I mean, those film shorts, they really look nice. It's a lot of work and a lot of time and effort was placed into them. Uh, for uh, when you wrote the screenplay, how long was it difficult writing it? Or it's kind of like, kind of easy since they gave you a subject, was it kind of like the mask for you? Then having to just come, come up with an idea on your own? 
uh, for Behind the Mask. Yes. Yeah, and um, the script for Behind the Mask, like I said, was it was for a competition, so uh, it was tough because, like like I was saying, it was expensive, so I paid the money, and I had, like, I think it was, like, two, three days to write it, and so that was the deadline, and I left it until, like, the very last night because I was such a procrastinator, and I had to spend, like, the last 12 hours literally from, like, 9 o'clock that night, uh, or actually from earlier than that till, like, 7 o'clock the next morning, uh, and I think I got it in just literally about five minutes or less before the deadline had actually ended. So it was I, I like, I mean, like I was saying, I I wasn't I, I had absolutely hated her. I had no idea how I was going to do it. But I just basically put on a ton of screen music, sat myself in the dark, <laughs> stayed up all night with a lot of coffee, and just wrote it as if I was as if it was happening to me, as if like if this was me watching this what would really scare me enough that I'd be like, I'm not watching this, you know? So that's what I, I kind of put into it. Um, but it wasn't like, I found it easier than I thought it would be, to be honest, because I think I, I think from doing that, I found that I actually have quite a good eye for her, um, which is really strange for someone to say that they write good horror scripts when they don't actually like horror movies. It's it's still like, because people say to me, like, did you see this one? I'd be like, no, nah, that's too scary for me. And I'd be like, but you're writing horror films. I'm like, yeah, but no, nah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> like, it's, okay. No, it's mainly like, I just, I'm just kind of like, writing it but I'm, I'm really just I'm not like watching a film like most of them be like I've seen this film and I'm basing it off this really old horror film and I just I just write it and I'm like I'm basing this off what would happen if this was me <laughs> like, you know like it would how scared would I be like <laughs> well Stephen uh, I mean you really did great work and I really enjoyed what I've seen and I you know for the audience better get in contact with you do you have any uh social media sites or if they want to follow us, you know, your future films or get a chance to see the actual full uh, length short, short films. Um, yeah, um, well, I, I'm on, uh, sorry, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, just as Stephen Thomas Ford. Um, you know, if anyone wants to email me, like if you anyone ever wants any advice on scripts or anything, or you know wants me to give feedback, I think I'm always happy to. I'm always giving you know feedback to people. And uh, my email is stephenfordsc at outlook.com. So if anyone you know, I'm not. I know I'm not going to get like a tirade of emails now. Ask <laughs> me to read scripts, so it's okay. But uh, but yeah, but now like I mean. Yeah, it's been, it's crazy. Like, you know, like I just, we just wrapped filming on this short film uh, on Saturday called Survivor. And it's this like domestic abuse film. Um, and I remember like writing it. And even we finished on Saturday and I was like, I just, it's something that I never would have done ever because I have no experience in that world. I've never been through anything like that. I don't know anyone who's been through that. I just kind of like, most of my things start off with an image in my head. So I get an image uh, so I had this really powerful image and I kind of turned that into this script then, into this really powerful script uh, of this kind of woman is going through this domestic abuse and there's no, there's a few twists and stuff like that. Um, but like we were filming it and it was the most surreal experience I've ever had in my life because the the girl that was in it, Marianne Bittencourt is her name, she hasn't got really much acting experience at all. And I kind of cast her on a purity because... Uh, I had seen like this page where she had done photography 
And I seen her in this particular photo and I was like, that is the image I had in my head of the character. And that is what started this off. And I was like, okay, I'll take a chance. And I've done that a lot of, you take chances. I take chances with actors purity before I even know what they're like. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And with this one, on, on the day of filming, I was kind of like, I'm kind of worried that it won't work out because this is going to take some real raw, powerful emotion. Like you're going to need to do, it's going to be physically draining like for this, you know? And uh, she absolutely, she smashed it. Like she absolutely destroyed it. Like if she doesn't win any awards for this film when it goes out to festivals, I would quit filmmaking because there were times, most of the times when we were filming uh, some of the scenes on the first day and then at the weekend when we were finishing off where we were just like, we would just finish the take and we were just, me and the cinematographer would just look at each other and be like, that was like, you know, we would just be like, everyone was just like kind of like goosebumps and like emotional. Like I, like I, on the first day that we were filming, there was a particular scene that I was nearly crying watching. Like I was literally like used and really made me cry. And I was like, that is never, that's an experience I've never had to all the films that I've done. I've done a good few short films now. And I was like, this has got to be what what filmmaking is about, is experiencing things like this, is watching this, you know? Um, so I, I said that that would be my last short. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing any more short films. I need to start doing a feature. And then I just got an idea literally then Saturday night after we'd finished filming and I started writing that. And that's basically done now. And now I'm thinking I'll do that later in the year. So it's another short film. So I don't know, maybe it'll just be short films for the rest of my life. I don't know. No, eventually I will. Eventually I, I'll, I'll crack a, a feature, I think. You know, I'll be following you. And um, I, I like enjoying watching them. And I'm actually going to watch more after the podcast is over. And I, I really appreciate your craft. And, uh, thank you because the time is running short now. I, that's really, thank you for taking the time out to come on to the podcast, for this podcast is sharing your story with us. And um, in the future, you know, um, New, newer projects. Hope you can come back on with us and share your ideas and um, give us some updates on how it went. Uh, your your new projects that you uh, recorded and everything. So. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. That'd be, it'd be my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on. And uh, I'm sorry for talking too much. <laughs> I don't mind because it's it's your spotlight, you know. And um, I really enjoy listening to you uh, conversating. Wish we had more time. Um, you know, the, the conversating about the you know filming and the shorts and you know the shorts you had to go through with like the mask and which is the key component yeah. <laughs> to the film it's like wow well, <laughs> I want it but the, the way I kind of say hey but well, we're gonna have to get creative here and then it, even though it looked it down you, you still was able to come up with some ideas to make it actually more creative than if you just originally got the mask that you originally was looking at so yeah yeah that's great I mean, it- yeah, and I mean, if anything, if anything, if I could say that the, the most thing that I've taken from anything from starting to making films and stuff like that is that it's never too late. Like you all, a lot of people, me especially, has always thought, like I'm 32 years of age now, I can't start making films now, like, you know, but it's it's never too late, you know, it's never too late and, it, and it's never too late to try, you know, and the worst thing you're going to do is fail, like, you know, what's, you know, it's not, you know, so I mean, I did it and, I, and I'm still doing it and I might... You know, I was thinking this the other day, if the only thing I ever, you know, if I, if the only thing I ever get out of it is only making short films for my whole life, 
and I'm happy doing it and I get to create these films that are lovely and scary and funny and sad, then I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, that way, like, that'll do me. I'm good with that. That's awesome. Keep up the great work and keep sharing it to us so we can get a chance to enjoy it.